Heather from the media team at Word Alive. You're listening to our Sermon of the Week. This week's sermon is about the appointed time we're in, where divine favor is meeting with divine opportunities. Enjoy this message. Last week, I started talking to you about the season, the time we're in, the very importance of this time, that we're pressing toward Passover. And that if you don't understand this, there's three cycles in, in God each year. There's, there's Passover, then Pentecost, and Tabernacles, and they, they happen in, in the spring and in the, in the fall of the year, how God designed his timings and seasons for us, divine appointments, if you will, that if we would gather around him in certain divine seasons, he could move us forward spiritually. And last week, I gave you a message from the Lord. Last week and this week really aren't encouraging messages. I love encouraging messages, but I believe these are prophetic words from the Lord. And so that's why it's so important. Maybe you can just say a quick prayer for me today as I'm preaching because, you know, the devil does hate it when you do this kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's been a lot going on in just spiritually surrounding this. So if I stumble over some words or get some scripture wrong, I'll take credit for 50% of it. 50 other, 50 other percent is just there's a lot of things stirring around right now, right? And anybody have felt something stirring around you lately? I mean, there's just, there's just some stuff stirring around. We'll just kind of have to work through to get to what God's want to say. But we understand we are victorious through the blood of the lamb amen so we understand that but this is just a very important thing that we're in and so last week the word was simple it's this it's going to work it's going to work and so it may be a ministry you started a business maybe your marriage maybe something you're going through i'm telling you from the lord it's going to work so won't you just declare that to two or three or four people and you just say look it's going to work tell them it's going to work And, you know, it wasn't like a spectacular message, you know, that we preached or even uh, anything, you know, new revelation. But so many people have walked up to me and like one right after the service and uh, uh, we were at, out in the gathering outside of here. And just he's been here for 15, 16 years. and He just kept, couldn't quit crying. He said, Ken, I can't even talk to you about the message. I just, every time I do, I cry about it because he said, I, I know it's going to work. And it was that kind of day, you know, it's worth rewatching if you didn't get to see it. It's not a, it wasn't one of these messages, it's in here like it's going to work. And we're hearing testimonies. I talked to a man this morning that has been separated from his wife for almost a year. He said, after that message, I got a call, she's coming home. Come on, somebody. It's going to work. Things are working. It's going to work. We talked about it last week. It's going to work because all things are working together for good. It's going to work because it's God who's working in you. It's going to work because the good work he started, he's going to finish it. Right? It's going to work. And so this moves us to today's message, which I believe is another prophetic message for us. And if I had to title it, I would simply title it, Now is the Time. I had an encounter with the Lord uh, a few days ago, and I saw a clock. And uh, I, I kind of like this clock. I just pulled this up to show you. But that's just what I saw as I was praying. And when I saw this clock, I heard three sentences. Now is the time, was the first sentence. Now is the time. Second sentence, the time is now. Third sentence, the fullness of time has come. And I knew that the Lord was talking to me about the moment or the season that we're in as believers. Now is the time. The time is now. The fullness of time has come. And supernatural, just like last week, he went, he, he's the one I didn't study it. He gave me scriptures to go with these sentences. 
As I began to look into this, I saw something about time that's important to gather before we move on. There's two types of time that the Bible talks about. Chronos, which is a Greek word that we get chron- chron- chronological time. That's just time itself. And kairos, two, two different type, types of time. Uh, what's interesting is they've got two statues in the Greek culture. Let me show you Kronos, what it looks like. This is what they call father time. And uh, basically it's an old man with a, some has a clock behind him, some statues. That's an hourglass and that, that's the sickle or the grim reaper, you might call it, speaks of death. And the concept about Kronos is time is killing us. And that you start out in time, but time, time is just basically killing us. And time is taking us through life, and there's not much control you have over it. So you live under the tyranny of circumstances, death, and destruction, and whatever. And it's just a picture to the Greek world, especially, that life is just tough and hard. And time kills us over, 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 over time. <laughs> and this is Kronos. And that's just life. And how many of you can testify you found seasons in your own life that Time was just taking you down the road, you know, and you just, you just, it was just like time's moving you and it's just taking you and circumstances are overwhelming you and, and, and life is tough and life is hard and prayers, it doesn't seem to be working and, you know, you're doing some right things, but it's like time just keeps ticking and, and, uh, and you're moving on into the future and nothing's really changing and, and it seems like you don't have no control over it. Well, the good news is there's another type of time called Kairos. And Kairos, let me show you its statue. This is a young man with wings on his feet, wings on his back, scales in his hand. And, and this speaks to them of there are moments in Kronos where it seems like everything's out of control. You have no control over it and time is killing you, taking you away. That all of a sudden a divine moment meets divine destiny and all of a sudden Kairos occurs. And in a moment of time, everything changes. You may have been headed to you may have been going through a whole cycle of destruction and all of a sudden a kairos moment comes and you meet the right person at the right time or get the right idea or the right thought comes and everything changes. I'm here to tell you I believe we are in a kairos moment. I believe prophetically we are in kairos a kairos moment right now when God said now is the time. God is talking about a now time, not something to come in the future, not something that's in the past, but a now moment. I really believe God's not talking about the next thing he's going to do. It's a new thing that he's doing. And this is that moment of Kairos time that God has brought us to that something supernatural is occurring in our lives. The Lord gave me the first scripture with now it is time from 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. And it simply says... In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of my salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. God's saying in the past, you've heard how in my favor, I heard people and in my favor and my salvation, I helped people. But I'm telling you now, here, today, now is the time of God's favor and now is the time of salvation. Now this is important because these now moments, these kairos moments, 
they move throughout history. When you look at the commentary, when they're, when they're talking about this particular scripture, it says something interesting. It says, there is, so to speak, a now. Somebody say now. now. A now running through the ages. History records now moments that run through the ages. And there, there's, for each church and nation and each individual soul, there seems to be a golden present moment which occurs that may be never recur again. And in these moments lie boundless possibilities for the future. Shakespeare says it like this, there is a tide in the affairs of men which taken at flood leads on to fortune, but omitted and all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and miseries. In other words, there's the tide, and once it rises to its peak or its opportune time, there's those who know that moment and set sail on the tide, and the tide takes them into a future of fortune when those who miss it live the rest of their life in shallow miseries, never making it into their future destiny and purpose. And I do believe there are times in God, Kairos moments, in nations, in our lives, in churches, when God is talking and God is moving, that we don't want to miss these moments. That's why God said so emphatically, be like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and seasons of God. Jesus said it so emphatically in Matthew 16. You know how to see when it's to look at the sky and tell what the weather's going to do, but you don't understand spiritual times and seasons. I'm here to tell you this Passover is not just another Passover. This Easter just isn't another, another Sunday where you're going to hunt Easter eggs and eat chocolate. This isn't another day that you're just going to wake up with an Easter bunny on your dresser. This is another time. This is a different time. This is a time when God is saying, now is the day of my salvation. Now is the time of my favor. So the second line he told me is not only is it a now moment, now is a time, the time is now. If it's a now moment, then the time is now. The time is now to do what? Romans 13 and do this, knowing the time. Isn't that interesting? Knowing the time. Do this. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than we've ever believed. And I'm not talking about necessarily Jesus returning. I'm not talking about getting saved so you don't go to hell. I'm talking about what God's been wanting to save you out of for a while is nearer than you ever thought it was. That kind of salvation, that, that financial salvation, that marital salvation, that ministry salvation, that son or daughter coming home, that broken heart being healed, that past events that have caused trauma falling off and you all of a sudden walk into your future, that kind of salvation. It's nearer than you thought. I had a vision one time I saw, and, and as I was praying, it was a horde of angels on horses and they were just, and we'd get right to the edge and, stop and turn around and walk back and then again coming turn around and walk back again coming I said Lord what is that he said that's my help and a lot of time it's just about ready to enter in someone's life and they give up and quit 
and miss out on all the help that was headed that way. That's Daniel who said, I started seeking God's face and started praying and it took 21 days. But when the angel appeared, he said, the day you prayed, I started coming at you. I got news for somebody. You may have been waiting for a season, but I got news. Your waiting season is over. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us what? Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Listen to me, people. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. What's he saying? He's saying a pretty provocative word to us. He's saying, let go of your sexual sins. Let go of your relational issues. Let go of your judgment. Let go of your pride. Let go of your arrogance. Let go of the flesh. Let go of these selfish things in your life. Let go of these things you've been hanging on into the past. Let go of these issues of darkness that's been trying to hold you back. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an urgent time. God does not want you to miss this moment, but the devil does. And if you could trace your history, you probably could go back and see there were moments in your history when God was ready to move and the enemy came and stole that moment from you through darkness. Why? Men love darkness rather than light. And we're not willing to expose ourselves to the light of God so that we can move into a new season. But I'm telling you, this is the season. If we will open our hearts up to God, to the light, and allow the light to come in our lives, he will deliver us from all darkness. If we put on the Lord Jesus, it's not, may I pause here a minute, I don't have time to teach you this, but I'm not talking about dealing with your darkness. I'm talking about just throwing it off. I'm not, I don't think this is a moment where you need 10 years of counseling. Come on, somebody. This ain't, this ain't a moment where you need 10 years of going back into your past of figuring out how, why you, how you got so weird. Come on. This is a time just to throw off darkness and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and move on into the future. There comes a moment you just change clothes. You just take off an old garment and you put on a new garment and you walk into a brand new day. When Joseph was in prison, they didn't counsel him for three years. They just said, take off your prison clothes and put on your princely clothes. It's a new season. It's a new day. Move with God in this season. Message translation says it more powerfully. Make sure you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of your time and doze off oblivious to God. That's a word. We get so caught up 
and how we're going to pay the bills and how we're going to raise our kids and how we're going to get this done and how we're going to deal with issue that we just get oblivious to what God's doing. And we doze off, not, not in neglect, just complacency because we're so caught up in living this day-to-day life. Caught in chronos, not really believing a kairos moment is on us. What is it going to say? The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute, must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up as a kid, you know, uh, my mom would start, I had two people that wake me up, my mom and my dad. And they had two, two different uh, ways. My mom would come in, honey, wake up. Don't be late for school. I got some cocoa and toast waiting for you. You're like, <laughs> come back, honey, you're going to be late. You know, she'd come three or four times. Honey, if my dad's feet ever hit the floor and you heard him, it was on like Donkey Kong. It, it, it wasn't, hey, honey, it was a pot of ice water. But Get up. And man, then you're like, and you say, why do I tell you this? This ain't a honey get up your cocoa's ready moment. This is a moment the father is saying, wake up and let's go. There's something about to happen and I don't want you to miss it. Slap three people high five and shout, wake up, it's time to go. It's the father's time. It's his appointed time for you. He don't want you to miss this season that we're in. He doesn't want you to cycle around another 40 years in the wilderness. This is the time. This is the season for us. Galatians 4 and 4 says something like this. But when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, we'll start at the very first. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, doesn't differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time, somebody say fullness of time. When the fullness of the time had come. When the fullness of time had come. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, Jesus, born under the law of a woman to deliver us from slaves to be sons. What happened? There was a fullness of time. See, here's what what we need to understand. God's got a plan. And in that plan, there are moments that are already planned. And they may take a while to get there. But when the fullness of time comes... 
when the time is fully matured, when that, when that waiting process has come to an end, it's called the fullness of time. It's like when the bowls of heaven in Revelation talks about where your prayers and tears are stored up. And you started praying and crying over something two or three years ago. You've been praying, God, heal my children. God, bring my son and daughter home. Lord, fulfill your destiny in my life. Lord, let the prophecies of this church come to pass. We've been praying over some of this stuff for seven, eight, nine, and ten years. Lord, heal my body. Lord, deliver Deliver my father, Lord, deliver my grandpa, Lord, break this generational curse. And you've been praying, and it appears that nothing's been happening. And it was just like Israel. They were they were a lot going on in that culture during that time. But what they didn't realize is there was a fullness of time coming. And just like the fullness of time came when God sent Jesus, that wasn't the first time. The fullness of time came when they were in Egypt. It says 430 years they cried out to God and nothing happened. But all of a sudden, when the fullness of time came, God remembered Abraham and his covenant that he made and he sent Moses and what couldn't happen in 430 years in one night the whole nation got out of bondage it's called a fullness of time moment this is where we are in history it's a fullness of time moment that those prayers of saints of old and us are, have filled this bowl up and now this bowl is about to overturn and the fullness of time will have come God's got prophecies on your life. God's got prophecies on this church. God is not a man that he could lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he spoke it, he's going to make it good. God wouldn't lie to you when he told you he's going to save your family. God wouldn't lie to you when he told you he was going to see revival. God wouldn't lie to you when he told you he was going to bless you and help you and keep you. It's just now is the time. The time is now, and now the fullness of time has come. It's time to get your hopes up to a whole nother level. It's time to start praying different kind of prayers. It's time to lay little prayers down and pick up some big prayers. It's time to quit praying, Lord, get my son off drugs. Pray a prayer like this, get him off drugs, save him, heal him, baptize him in the Holy Ghost, and put him in ministry and call him to be a missionary. That's the kind of prayers you need to be praying. Look, I'm all, I'm, all about, I'm all about hard work. I'm all about saving money. I'm all about paying your bills. I think that's what we're supposed to do. But there comes a moment when God wants to step into a situation. I heard Chris Valentine, who preaches out at Bethel, talk about this on a podcast yesterday when, he's, when he was prophesying what I'm prophesying today, and I didn't even know he was prophesying it. Did he say him and his wife have like a, a several hundred thousand dollar, I think $500,000 mortgage, you know, California houses are much more expensive than they are here. To, and, and he said, look, we've been working hard. Every extra money we put toward the monthly, you know, we, we want to get out of debt because we want to leave an inheritance to our children. He said, but I began, I began to believe this was Kairos time, that God's wanted to do something different. And so he said, we've been saving, working, doing without other things so we could get this paid off early because we want to be available to God. So he said, one night before we went to bed, he said, normally we pray in crisis. But we decided it's not a crisis, but why don't we pray a different way? And they, he said, we just joined hands and said, you know, God, you could pay this house off if you wanted to. We don't even know you want, if you want to or not. We're going to keep working hard because we want to get it paid off so we live in Harris. But if you wanted to, you could pay it off. He said one month later, he's preaching at a conference and there was 30, 30 people lined up for prayer. And a guy waited an hour and a half till he prayed for everybody. He came up and he said, what can I pray for you for? He said, I didn't come for prayer. He said, why'd you come? He said, I came to pay your house off. 
He said, what are you talking about? I don't know you. He said, I don't know you either. He said, but God spoke to me. He said, what did he speak to you? He said, I was going to buy a boat. And God said, you can't have that boat right now. He said, why not? He said, because there's a man named Chris Valentine that's going to be preaching here in a month. You need to pay his house off, then you can buy a boat. He said, are you Chris Valentine? He said, yeah. He said, i got to pay your house off. Chris Valentine said, man, you sound too weird to me. I don't know about this. And he said, let me pray about it for three or four days. He said, this is just, I don't, you know. And he said, and by the way, if you pay it off, we're not going to be friends. You know, like, like, I don't want to get entangled with anything. He said about three days ago, he get a text from a guy. He said, look, man, seriously, he sent him a picture of the boat. He said, I want this boat. He said, he said, well, I told you we're not going to be friends. He said, I don't want to be your friend. I just want my boat. I don't care what you do. don't care nothing about you. I just got, I want my boat. And God said, I can't have my boat till I pay your house off. So can I please pay your house off? Two weeks later, wrote a check and their house was paid off. Why? It was a Kairos moment. Now, see, I believe that it's not cause God's favor's on Chris Valentine. I believe God's favor is right now on everybody cause it's a Kairos time. The only difference is they decided to believe this is a, and pray differently. What's it going to cost you but some prayers? Let's get our faith up here. What, what, the, what the world says is going to take 10 years could happen now. A 30-year mortgage, 30 mortgage could be now. This next pregnancy may not be a miscarriage. It may be the one. This next step of faith may bring the answer. This next job may be the career. It's just begin to believe, begin to get your hope up, begin to get your expectations up for this season to say between now and Passover, it's a turnaround. Now, here's something you got to learn in the midst of this, and this is a total different message in first service, that's, that's okay. You say, well, what if it's not a turnaround season? Here's what I believe. I believe if you believe it's a turnaround season. Are you sure Kent heard from God? Well, Kent said he heard from God, and I believe he heard from God. And because I believe he heard from God, I moved in it, and it happened for me. My Bible says, trust in God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets, you shall prosper. If Kent says it's a turnaround time, by God, it's a turnaround time. Let's turn around. You say Kent hears from God all the time. I'm saying, I don't care what he hears all the time. By God, he said it. I believe it. I'm walking in it, and I'm going to receive it. So I'd begin about saying, hey, it's turnaround time. It's turnaround time. Why? My preacher said, turnaround time's here. Turnaround time's here. I said, turnaround time's here. I said, turnaround time's here. I said, turnaround time's here. Whoa! Turnaround time's here. Woo! I dare you to get up and spin and declare it's turning time. It's turning time. Grab somebody that ain't spinning and give them a spin. Tell them it's turnaround. Turn around time. My Bible. 
Bible says it will turn to you for a testimony. Sit down a minute. There's something unusual in the atmosphere. And I'm not just talking about in this meeting today. I'm talking about there's something unusual in the atmosphere. I'm dealing with families right now that are making decisions important, like gut-wrenching, like get help or we're done. I'm dealing with families right now that they're, they're simply saying to people in their families that are in all sorts of get help or we're done. We're not going into another season like this. Marriage is saying we're not going to just have a common marriage where we just do life with no joy and no vibrancy and no connection and no vitality. We refuse to do that. We're not going to go into that season. We're going to get it right. We'll get right between us. We won't get any darkness out. We're going to ask for the light to come. And we're moving into our Kairos moment under grace. It's an unusual thing happening right now. The world is speaking to us. The whole cosmic universe is talking about this Kairos time on the earth. There's been against all odd moments that have been occurring in the world. Against all odd moments across professional sports, political, religious realms, I believe God is speaking through that. For example, November 2nd, 2016, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series for the first time in 108 years. Eight to seven, the score in the seventh game and come back from a three to one deficit. Staggering odds against them. That's not us. June 19th, 2016, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship in game seven. They came back from a three to one deficit to defeat the Golden State Warriors, which had never been done in the history of the NBA. Furthermore, the Warriors were extraordinary this year, winning 73 games. One of their players, Stephen Curry, had a record 401 three-point shots in the same season. How did the Cavaliers wind up beating such a team like the Warriors? This can't be an isolated incident, but it's not. On February 5th, 2017, the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, beating the Atlanta Falcons in overtime. No team has ever come back from a 21-point deficit to win a Super Bowl, but the Patriots did. Beyond that, there has never been an overtime game in the history of the Super Bowl. God is trying to get our attention. We think it's just an interesting statistic or a ball game. Look, you can't count this up to just interesting statistics or even to coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe God is talking to somebody saying, wake up. It's a Kairos time. Now, this is not just sports. Nobody would have predicted that, that the British would have 
moved out of the EU and voted against all odds. They said it would, could never happen, would never happen. But on June 24th, England voted to leave the European Union. And once again, this is not an isolated event. Let's look at the United States. Donald Trump became president of the U.S., defeating 15 other Republican candidates, went on to beat Hillary Clinton. There was not a single straw poll predicting this win. The night of the election, I'm watching it, and they're saying there is no plausible way to victory. There is both sides. Republicans and Democrats, I was in meetings with strategists at a high level, spiritual, economically, and with the government, who said, this cannot happen, it will not happen, the, Hillary Clinton will be the next president, there's no plausible path to victory. Are you listening to me? I'm talking to somebody, and I'm not endorsing Donald Trump, I'm not even saying it's prophetic, I'm just saying it's unusual that somebody with no plausible path to victory all of a sudden winds up as the president of the United States states. If God can do that in an unplausible way, what about the circumstance you're in right now? Come on. Woo! Now, whether you voted for Trump or not, the facts are clear that this was unusual. I'm not saying it. I'm not even endorsing him. I'm simply saying it was a sign of an unusual time that we're living in. Thank you. Come on, buddy. I'm turning around. That's right. That's my new move in this season. Uh-uh. Turn around. Get the dizzy anointing on me here in a minute. In the religious realm, we saw, some, some, some don't even know this. This is so extraordinary. 2017 marks the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. If you don't know what that is, that's where Martin Luther nailed the thesis to the door. And the whole concept, we're saved by grace, was brought back to, to insight and enlightenment. And the church began its march out of hundreds of years of dark ages, our 500. And this is history. I don't have time to tell you today, but I can take you through history and show you every 500 years, there's an epic movement in the earth of what God is doing. Amen. All the way back to Adam, I can take and show you historically. Every 500 years, there's an epic. And I'm not talking about epic, like E-P-I-C, epoch, E-P-O-C-H, epic movement of God. A significant thing happening. And in the midst of this, last year, Pope Francis declared that Catholics and Protestants are one church in Christ, ending 499 years of division between Catholics and Protestants. Today, I want to propose to you that we are in a very special Kairos time. An opportune moment when divine favor is going to meet divine opportunity. And this is not only a moment for sports, government, or church leaders, but it's a moment for the world. Why? Turn on the news. Every day somebody's getting killed. Every day terrorists are attacking. Every day, not, not every now and then, every day. My Bible says, look, when darkness covers the earth, get ready. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is going to be seen upon you. 
We're not, this is not the season to sit back and talk about how dark it is. This is the season to look, talk about what God is going to do about the darkness. This is not the season to continue to sit in Word Alive as a Sunday Christian. This is the time to take your next step, get in freedom track, get in art of leadership, get in theology of leadership, start finding your call, finding your destiny. Don't miss this moment. You can go home today and just say, well, Kent was kind of radical today. Or you can go home and believe that what I'm telling you is true. That this is a moment in God. This is a Kairos time in God. That if you'll start doing just some simple different things, then you're not. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. In other words, go home and start doing something different. Take a different step. Turn around. Go a different direction. Move a different way in this season. We're going to help you with what we know to do as we press over to Passover, but do something different. Pray a different kind of prayer. Make a different declaration. Quit looking at your circumstances and get out of your tent and lift your eyes up to the stars and count them and say, God, you are a God of covenant. You are a God of grace. And I believe this could be a Kairos moment for me and my family in this life. I'm calling, listen, I'm calling everybody I love. I started yesterday saying, Don't miss Passover. Get you and your family and be here Passover Sunday. Not so we can fill a church because it's a moment. Come before God with your family and don't come empty-handed. Why? Because we believe and understand that God said, when you come during this appointed time, come with an offering of faith to God, trusting and declaring what God is saying in that moment and move with God into a new season. That's what Passover is about for us. We bring our first and our best before God to say, God, we believe this is a Kairos moment and we're going to gather around in two weeks around Passover Sunday and we're going to take a step of faith and offer up an offering. We may spin, we may shout, we may dance. We're going to hear God's word, but we're declaring it's a new season. It's a new day. It's a Kairos moment and we are moving in it in Jesus' name. Or you can just let it pass by but it may not recur again. For some of us, I know it won't. We're too old. I'm just saying, God bless your hearts. For many of us, we are living in the last days. I believe prophetically it's the last days, but I know for sure some of us are in the last days. I don't know, but I know for my life, here's what God's telling Kent. God's telling me the next five years, are the most important, significant years that you'll ever live on the earth in the kingdom. I'm not saying I'm not going to live longer than that. I'm just saying I know for me, God's telling me the next five years are the most significant kingdom years I will spend on the earth. That tells me God's ready to do something now. And I will tell you this. God spoke to me of all places at Disney World, standing in a water slide when my youngest son was about that tall, watching him slide down. An audible voice said, you are one of my end-time preachers. I looked because it was an audible voice and there was nobody there. Well, that tells me if I'm one of God's end-time preachers and God's telling me the next five years are some of the most significant years of the kingdom, that means we better get ready because God is ready to do something right now in our lives. Come on, come on, come on.
We can't keep doing church as normal, guys. We, 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 I, I, I'm not going to keep doing this normal. Not going to do it. I want to go with God. And believe me, we've heard enough messages. We just need to start doing the ones we've heard. I'll be back. I'll go over here. I said, we just need to start doing the ones we heard. Right? I, here, I, I thought about this. I thought about, Lord, what would you do? I had this thought recently. What would you do with our church uh, if we just started showing up? And by the way, worship, I love our worship team. And we're, but I'm going to tell you something else about church. Church can't be about performance. So I prophesy to you, our worship is about to just... There, there may be days they may not even look at you. Because why? We're not here to attract people. We're here to attract the Holy Ghost and the things of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So we're, we're serious about hosting the presence. We want God's presence here. But I, I said, God, what would it look like? What would church look like if we all came on Sunday, worshiped radically for an hour, and heard no word, and we went out to the community? Here's what we did for a month. And, and I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just asking. If we just showed up, worshiped God for one hour, and then said, now for the next hour, go to the community, find somebody poor, and make their life better. And that's all we did. We didn't hear no message. We just, what if we said, we're just going to worship today and then everybody needs to go find somebody sick. Lay your hand on them, anoint them with oil, tell them in the name of Jesus be healed. I'm just asking. I believe this is a moment we're in. See, I believe the prophecies God said about our church are true, that people are going to be driving down I-20 and all of a sudden pull off because they're drawn by the presence of God and they're going to take a step. And as soon as they step on this parking lot, they're going to be overwhelmed by the presence of God and their lives are going to be radically changed. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. I believe we're moving into the day where I'm going to get up to preach and I'm only going to be able to talk. God's going to just shut me down. Why? Somebody else has the message that day. And God will shut me down and I won't be able to talk and somebody will say, the Lord's been on me all night about it, I'm supposed to say. And you'll get up and bring the message that day. I believe that's, I believe that's where we're moving. I believe the Holy Spirit, I believe these young people that are in our church, they're, 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 they're not, they're not going to wait till they're my age to preach or even in their 20s. I believe right now we're going to start seeing children and teenagers preach the Word of God and lead people in God's presence and pray for the sick and prophesy. I believe this is the time. I said, I believe this is the time. It's a moment, it's a Kairos moment that I believe this is where, where we're supposed to move. But we got to get rid of darkness. Come out from among them and be ye separate, says God, and don't touch the unclean thing. We can't keep praying around, we can't keep playing around with darkness. I'm all about, I'm a grace guy. But there comes a time where through God's grace, he tells you, 
I'm not going to let you keep playing with darkness. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Now, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven. I'm just saying you won't, you won't fulfill your destiny. You may die prematurely. You may miss, off, miss out on what God's doing. I was okay with God killing people in the Old Testament. But man, when I read it and they slipped in the New Testament and, and killed Ananias and Sapphira over money, that got my attention. I, don't know, I still don't understand it. I'm just saying there comes a fear of the Lord. I'm all about grace. I, I, I got to have it. But there's also a fear of the Lord. A reverence for him. That in this moment, that's the way. By mercy, by mercy atonement is made. By the fear of the Lord, we depart from evil. And I have no problem with people staying where you're at. You just can't be in both worlds. You can't profess to be light and live in darkness. It says, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Ephesians 5 says, so arise from sleep, get out of your coffin, and Christ will give you light. Walk as people of light seizing every opportunity because the days are evil. And do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Knowing what the will of God is. That's where we're at. It's time to come out of sleep, get out of our coffins, let Christ clothe us in light, and get filled with the Holy Ghost like we've never been filled before. And walk as people of the light. That when you walk into school, the whole classroom lights up. When you walk into work, the whole shop lights up. When you walk into a business meeting, the whole place lights up. That's why moving to Passover, is, people say, well, it's all about money. It's only about money, actually. Because it's the evil, it's, it's the love of that and the trust in that, it says, is all evil. It says, if your eye be stingy, your whole body shall be full of darkness. But if your eye is generous, your whole body shall be full of light. That's why it gives us, that's why this season is so important. It allows us to move into another place to say, God, I'm moving into a discipline of seeking you first. I'm moving into a place where I'm saying you are the source of all blessings, not me. I am moving into a season where I'm trusting you that you are the one that's doing it, not me. I'm moving into a season where I'm seeking the kingdom of God first beyond above anything and everything else in my life. And I'm ready to turn around and walk into a new season. That's what Passover is about. This, this season, people are going to walk out of darkness. And they're going to walk into light. And they've been in the church 30 years. I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about us. Been in God 30 years and we're still in darkness. God said, oh, let's come on out. Get in the light. Put off the darkness. Put on the armor of light. Walk as children of the light. It's time. 
Now is the time. Amen. The time is now. Now the fullness of time has come. And it's our moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand up with me. Before we leave, return Gabby neighbor's hand. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I had a plan that I think God's got a plan. Amen. This gentleman must have felt led to come here to pray because God's doing, dealing with him Amen. deeply. If you feel an unction, I don't want to miss God on this. If you feel an unction to walk out of darkness, then just come on. Just come on. If you feel an unction to walk out of darkness, come on. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. <laughs> yes. You know, this is, just keep praying, keep going. People, people that are down here, make sure somebody's here praying with everybody. You know, this is just an, uh, one of those moments, and this is something we don't do very often around here. Maybe we should do it more. But I just feel an unction from the Lord. If you're comfortable with this, that for just about the next five minutes, we all just hit our knees as a whole body and just pray together. Just pray. Just pray your own prayer. Pray. Pray for God's will. Pray for God's grace. Just, just in our own. Pray for your own family. Pray for each other. 
I just feel there's a moment here. There's just a moment that we're just supposed to pray together. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, help us in this moment. Oh God, touch us, help us, change us, deliver us. <laughs> oh God, bring revival to us, God. Turn it around for us, God. Now is your time. Wake us up, oh God. Get us out of slumber and sleep. Give us light. Give us light, oh God. We need you, O oh God. We need you, O oh God, in our midst. We need you, O oh God, in this house. Oh God, we need you. We desire you. God, we can't change ourselves. Change us by your grace. Change us by your mercy. Oh God, oh God, oh God.
Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Thank you, it's turnaround time. Lord, we lay aside darkness this morning. We lay it, we just cast it off. Any dark thing in us or on us, we, we, we just like a coat, we just take it off and we put on light. We put on the armor of light. Lord, I thank you that something changes today. I thank you something shifts today. I thank you something moves differently today. Oh God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, that this is our time, our season. Your purposes are being fulfilled. We thank you for it today. We bless you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We realize that this is an important time. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, this is a day of your favor. Thank you, this is the day of your salvation. Thank you, this is a day of your goodness. Thank you, this is a day of your mercy. Thank you that it is your goodness that's calling us to repentance. Thank you that it's a day that you're moving us forward. Oh, we thank you and we praise you and we honor you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this day of grace. In Jesus' mighty name. We're, we're, we, we don't know how to close, stop something like this, so we won't stop it. Just uh, If you need to go, just hug somebody real big and squeeze them real hard and tell them be here next week. We're going to keep moving with God and go home and get you something good to eat and get ready for next week. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv. If you're ready for your next step, you can jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.